Welcome to episode 88 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And guys, we finally did it. Living up to our promise. Your promise. Okay, fair enough. My promise was bat plugs. <laughs> just, bat plugs just bat plugs for an hour. Just nonstop bat plugs. I ah, true. You you didn't want the fear. I just wanted to read off my YouTube <laughs> history from this morning, and that's really it. That would take an hour on any normal day. It would. Much less one where we haven't done a normal episode in, I think, what, almost a month now? Yeah. Maybe a full-on month? Yeah. No, it's been kind of crazy. It was nice to get back to it, though. And it especially was. to start off with Batman Beyond. I was very excited. Uh, now... I, I feel like I ask you this every time we get onto a new series. Did you watch any of this when it originally aired? When it was originally on... Because it came on in 99. It came on 99. It was 99 to 2001, right-ish? Uh, yeah, I want to 2001 say. Was, was Maybe. when Justice League came on. Okay, yeah. Um, that was right when I started to get into the Saturday morning cartoons. Okay. Because that was, that was post the Pokemon bubble. Right. Oh, uh, yeah, because Pokemon was airing when New Batman was on. Because mm-hmm. I remember New Batman would end, and then be Pokemon. I'm like, what's this bullshit? <laughs> Turn off the TV. And I, I'd be the opposite. Yeah. I'd be the one turning it on <laughs> as Batman ended and Pokemon started. Schmuck. Yep. Um, I, I don't ever remember watching it live. I'm sure I caught parts of it, um, but I, it was not something I sought out when okay. it was live. I remember when it came on Netflix... Uh, I watched. Oh, that's right. It was on Netflix. It was for on a few Netflix years. For, yeah, yeah. for a moment. Um, I, I kind of watched them in the background mm-hmm. while I was doing homework or something. Okay. And so I, I have rough memories of this. But rewatching the first episode, uh, I forgot his dad was alive at one point. Yeah, I mean not for long. Yeah, and I remember I saw him. And I'm like, that's that's not his dad. No, his, no, his dad. His, his dad has to be cooler dead, than that. Yeah, Warren's not the cool, awesome dad. He's kind of just like the safe, nerdy. He's the stickler dad. He's kind of the stickler dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't doesn't want to stick around for very long, but he does set up the fact that Terry is not not broody. I don't think broody is quite quite the right word. Angsty. He's angsty. He's absolutely angsty. very angsty. But just watch the intro. Just the, oh, the theme, the theme, and oh, you, man, it's, it's, that's that theme song is such a soft place in my heart, though. It's so good. It really is good, and it's mostly all Darwin Cook, uh, Darwin Cook sketches mm-hmm. that like comprise, comprise. You want to use real words? No, I refuse. Right, that's my, fine. It's too hot. My brain is frazzled. Um, yeah, it's mostly Darwin Cook stuff, but I, I remember knowing this show was coming, which mm-hmm. is also crazy. Like I remember it might have even been in like the Batman Superman magazine or whatever. But I remember at the time in like sometime early 99 seeing a, just an image of Batman beyond that suit, that all black suit with no cape and the red emblem. Like, wait, what is that? Like wait, Batman beyond set in the future coming. I'm like, Oh, this sounds awesome. And I knew the night it was going to air. And for whatever reason, we were heading over to my grandparents' house and I was so worried that I was going to miss it, that I think I set it to record onto a VHS. Tape. Amazing. Uh, back home, and then when I got to my grandparents' house, I also set up a VHS recording, and I think I also watched it live. I was like, there's no way in hell I was going to miss this, because back then, kids, if you missed something, you fucking missed it. I feel like we're the youngest people that listen to our podcast. Quite possibly. <laughs> Sorry, not we, me. I feel like I'm the youngest person. Who doesn't listen to the I podcast. Don't, I don't listen to it. Uh, yeah, I was determined I was going to see it, and so I, I obviously loved it. And I, I watched... I think the vast majority of this one originally aired. I think mm-hmm. maybe towards 
<laughs> the latter seasons, I don't nec- I don't know if I necessarily all saw all that when it first aired or not. I vaguely recall like the the Justice League crossover episode, but I don't necessarily remember the finale, mm-hmm. which is it's kind of like a soft finale. It's not a distinct one. But yeah, I remember, and I just like fell in love with it immediately. I got some of the action figures for Easter. I mean, it it's a great show yeah. for new toys. That's for sure. Yeah, and then like, I think I'm trying to remember. I feel like that was kind of one of the motivating factors on this. But also on top of it, I think they wanted to tell like kind of a Spider-Man-esque story. I think they well, were... I uh, so I did a little research. <gasps> I'm glad you did because I didn't. I only do it for the first episode. Well, thank God at least you do it for something. Uh, and there was an interview between uh, Bruce Tim and Kevin Smith on Fat Man on Batman, mm, mm. Uh, where he was talking about when WB approached them because yeah. uh, they noticed after Phantasm. Uh, there was a major drop in viewership for like the six to thirteen market. Okay. The prime toy market. Yes, this is the, true. The prime play with toys, not collect toys. That's true. Market. Cause, yeah, we, yeah, because we still buy toys. <laughs> yeah. Anyone who's been following my Instagram for the last week, it's been nothing but Aston Martin Lego, mm-hmm. which is now done. <gasps> I've, I've, yeah, it is done. It's beautiful. It's sitting on the table with oh, us. Gorgeous. Did you watch that SNL skit about the new Star Wars toys? No. And it's it's so funny. It's it's a bunch of kids getting so excited about the Force Awakened toys, and then it's their dads all coming in, and like, no, no, that's not, that's not how the, the Millennium Falcon lands. It lands like this. And he's like carefully <laughs> setting it down. It's Bobby Moynihan. Uh, and then you see him like slide the glass door closed. He's like, now suddenly we get to just look at it. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's about right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they said they were losing that audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when they renamed it to Batman and Robin. Oh, they they okay. To that, right. But they wanted to hammer that in even more. And so that's when they're like, hey, can you just give us a teenage Batman? Which oh, I feel like okay. is such, like, before thinking about Batman Beyond, I feel like that's such a dumb request. I know. That's such a studio note. Yeah. It's mm. like, yeah, can you just make him like a teenager and yeah. still make the exact same style episodes? Yeah. Go for it. Um, and I'm like, well, we have Nightwing. Like, no, we want Batman. Yeah. Uh, so they spent a weekend. It was uh, Tim, uh, or yeah, Bruce Tim, Alan Burnett, and Paul Dini mm-hmm. uh, brainstorming over a weekend. And they're like, oh, what if we put it in the future? It's a different Batman. Uh, and they can tie in a lot more sci fi. So they can kind of back off the, yeah. the noir retro futurism look. Mm-hmm. Man, um, it's genius. Yeah. And, and uh, Bruce Tim basically said we pitched it to the heads of WB and they wrote us a blank check and we just went on just from there. Just went for it. Mm-hmm. Man, that's like that's got to be way up there in the, the list of amazing IP to come from really cynical start. Yeah. Like, but, but also if you think about it, because this was the other part that I researched, uh, it did not do well at the start. I don't think so, no. Uh, it had a very, very slow start because with, with BTOS you had 50 years of people getting used to the characters and you knew Joker and Penguin and Catwoman. You had the movies already set that up for you. These were completely new characters that that Dini and Tim and Burnett had to make you fall in love with Mm -hmm. because they scrapped everyone. You you get, obviously you get Bruce, you get Barbara's name thrown out. Well, she's a character, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just in the first episode. Just in the first episode, fair enough, yeah. You hear Barbara's name, uh, and that's it. And yeah, and there's reference to the Jokers, the yes, gang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we don't. There's no other villains. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's been interesting to explore over the course of the series. Is that it's a lot of original villains. I think I like a lot of them, mm-hmm. but a lot of them are they're not necessarily great. Well, they all yeah yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I, I don't remember a lot of them, but in, in the research I saw, like, uh, when they saw the slow start, they did kind of, uh, the newer villains, they kind of had be copies of older villains. Yeah. So, so like, there's the, Ink is kind of halfway between, like, a Catwoman and a Clayface. Right. There's the Royal Flush Gang, which does kind of the Selena Catwoman angle. Mm-hmm. Um, and wasn't there a Royal Flush Gang gang before? Not in the DCAU. So, okay, but it, it already existed. Um, well, I think... Yeah, Was I think it a it, Flash villain? I think they existed in the comics. I don't know. Um, my first introduction to them would have been this. And Same. then later on in Justice League, mm-hmm. they... I guess it's technically kind of a retcon. I don't know. But they introduced them as being created by the Joker. Okay. In the... Um, I think Wild Card, I think it was the episode. It was like the one... It was the one... There's two single-part episodes from the first season of Justice League, and that was one of them. Okay. They got the first season, like, all of Justice League. Um, yes, and they came back around. But, yeah, the yeah the villains are different. And, like, here, obviously, we don't get a, a big, big villain because it's all set-up stuff. Right. I um, mean, even... I, mean, I they, they set up a villain. They set up yeah. his, his rival. But also, I think just having the Jokers, that's a great villain. And you I love s- that idea. Yeah. It, it's so unique, and it's, like... It really shows the power Joker has that like he always acts as the goof and like he I mean obviously he's a maniac mm-hmm. but uh because I always love to relate it to my hero academia because everyone should watch it and they bring up like there there is a good point that they bring up there's a villain in the show named Stain okay. who, who has a four or five episode mini arc mm-hmm. uh and his big thing is he just wants a society that has better heroes and so anyone oh, that doesn't live up to his expectation, uh, he just er, is is being a hero for the wrong reasons. They're doing it for fame, wealth, power. Okay. Uh, he is on a murder spree, mm-hmm. and uh, he has this huge impact on the next generation of heroes, oh. where a lot of them are like, "We agree, all these heroes are doing it for the wrong reasons." So you have these villains sprouting up based off of his ideals, and I feel like that's mm. such a beautiful parallel to. To, to Joker and the Jokers. Wow, that sounds really good. Maybe I should watch that show. Maybe you should Maybe. fucking watch the show, Chris. <laughs> As I've been pitching it since episode 20. You know, I just, I don't have a lot of time. It's 20 minute uh, episodes you know, and they're just, great and you're going to love it. And that's I why have, I'm not like, I, have so I much, mean, obviously I'm so much Lego to build. Uh, there's even the dub ones on Hulu. No, I won't. I don't like dub. Okay. I like, there's also, also much sub prefer subtitle. I always prefer subtitle over dub. Dub just looks weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will, I will sit down and I will watch it at some point. But I, I think the the idea of the Jokers is so perfect because it is that great concept of they, they do reflect the Joker himself. Like they are genuine menace. Mm-hmm. Like in this episode too, we see it. Like they chase after Terry. Like they will kill. Might be a strong word given. Just like this is a kids' cartoon. But like we they see would blood though. That's true. We do see blood. Like bleeding. It is. It is it's funny that this was designed for kids when this is also very dark. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of death in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, the Jokers are, like, a, a genuine threat, but they're also, like, goofy and silly. Like, like, the first one we meet on the elevator, he's not really that much of a threat. He's just kind of a nuisance. It's the later ones that are there. But I also... Well, like, even just think of the first scene. The first scene is Batman pulling a gun on a goon. It's intense. Yeah. Like, I, th- I mean, that's... That's such a great place to start. And I mean, yeah. okay, so we've had a number of versions of Batman retiring for different reasons. Um, what do you think of their justification as retirement in this? 
Uh, I think it's a good justification. Like he's he physically can't do it anymore. He, mm-hmm. His body can't keep up with it, and it's like he he's like when he had to resort to pulling a gun, and you see his like not only the goons' fear, but his genuine fear yeah. of holding this gun up, and like, and then you see it afterwards he, when he realizes what he's done. He's so disgusted with himself. Yeah. Also, what a hypocrite that goon is. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just perfectly happy to go around and shoot people left and right, but as soon as someone pulls a gun at him, like, oh, no, man, that's not cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, before we dive too deep in the episode, do we want to go over brief news? Do we want to do news? Let's do, like, two minutes of news. Okay. Got a Venom trailer. All right, out of the way. Now back to... <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, we got a Venom trailer. Still looks terrible. Yep. Still going to see it. Yep. Uh, that accent... I, I don't even know what's going on with that what movie anymore. What is that anymore. accent? I don't even know. There's people that are like, yeah, I'm stoked now. And I'm like, what has changed between that one and this one? You have really shitty dialogue from yeah. Venom that doesn't make any sense. They're no. trying like, I think they're trying to be Deadpool, but it's not hitting at all. No, it's just, it's not hitting any beats. It looks like a tonal mess. Mm-hmm. I will end up seeing it though. I mean, we have to, we have but to that's the, not our fault. We have to for the podcast, and also yeah, Jeff's it's gonna your make me fault, see it. audience. It's it's, my, it's, yeah, no, yes. not you, Chris. Oh. Audience, oh. audience members. It is your fault. I'm so used to it being my fault. Yeah, I don't understand how anyone can think this made it any better. Like no. this, the the last few lines honestly infuriated me when Which, he's when he's holding the goon up in the uh, in the oh, convenience and he's store. Like, it's like I'm gonna rip your arms off, and then I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna open your head, and I'm gonna eat your brain, and then I'm gonna tear your jaw off, and then I'm gonna. And he's saying it no, so nonchalantly. Yeah, like, like almost scientifically, and it's just weird. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then it, and then it uncovers half of Tom Hardy's face, which I get is like a iconic Spider-Man image, is seeing the half and half. Yeah, but it's not necessarily an iconic Venom image. I no, mean, I, I figure like the more iconic Venom image is the. F- the venom face around the normal face. Yeah. Do you think that's the final scene of the movie? God, I hope so. I'm pretty I'm sure just... that is. I'm pretty sure it's like, it, that's the whole thing is that the arc is going to be him becoming this like anti-hero. And so the end's like, okay, well, we'll just like eat villains. And then I'll be like, Oh, sorry. I got a parasite. Yeah. God. Credits roll. Oh. Weird forced. God. This movie's set up two for hours. silver and black. I don't know if I can make it. It's going to be, it's going to be real It's going to be two hours, it's 40 gonna, minutes. <laughs> it's going to be so rough. Oh my God. It's going to be terrible. I'm already but, tired thinking about it. I know. Um, but we did get. Do we happy news? Sor- <laughs> not really. We got like sort of Batman news. Like we got some brief updates from Matt Reeves about the Batman, which is that the, the screenplay is in works. They'll have it kind of wrapped up soon. Apparently it won't be based off of year one, which is a rumor that I've been floating around, which makes sense because we basically already did year one with Batman Begins. Right. Um, I guess if they were going to... To be fair, I wouldn't mind if they just did it again. <laughs> yeah, I movie. mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea to... If you didn't want to deal with Ben Affleck anymore, which sounds like no one does, but you still wanted to be in continuity, you could just go back to the beginning of his career and have a younger actor. I think the problem is, what I want to see right now is an older Batman. I want to see a Batman with some history. Yeah. And... I just recast at this point. Honestly, just recast and keep moving forward and just don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Just It'd be so much better that way. I don't, I don't want to go back to... Because I think that was one of the downsides of the Dark Knight trilogy is we got young Batman and then he disappeared for a long time and then Batman ended. And so we never really got a chance to see what it was like when he had existed for a long time and had been in the city and doing his crime-fighting career. Right. Let's see that. Let's, mm-hmm. see, that. Let's see the extended Bat family 
too. Let's put all that in there. I think that gives him more opportunity. Just give us Nightwing. Really? Just give, just... Us, give us Nightwing. Okay, so this is the... This fuck is the other, Batman. This is, fuck Batman. This is the other crazy thing, and I don't know... I don't know where this bit came from, this little bit of news, but I guess... Allegedly, I'm going to say that because I didn't find the source. Zack Snyder referenced recently that apparently the dead Robin in BVS is Dick Grayson. Yeah. Not Jason Todd, because I guess he wanted to introduce Carrie Kelly. Fun. Let's wait for the helicopter. Yeah. Slowly crashing into the Hollywood Mountains. (laughs) (laughs) Mayday, mayday, mayday. Yeah, there's a celebrity on board. <laughs> oh no, so sad. <laughs> Tell TMZ. Not not Chris Hardwick. Yeah. Ryan Z crush. No. <laughs> but so he won to introduce Carrie Kelly, which does kind of fit. It makes sense. I'd be cool with that. Mm-hmm. But like just have it be Jason Todd. Right. You already have it written for you. Yeah. And also that doesn't that Robin doesn't have to be dead. Right. So you know, like I'm actually, be- I've become a huge fan of the Joker Jason Todd theory, which I think at this point they've said is not true, but they could very easily just make it true. Right. They hold all the power. Just do it. Just recast Ben Affleck. Just acknowledge that the current version of the Joker is in fact Jason Todd, which I actually think makes him more interesting. And I think Jared Leto would make an interesting Jason Todd. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring in Nightwing. Yep. In a few movies, maybe do Damian Wayne. Here, here's all they have to do hmm. is WB, you have 52 Earths <laughs> to pick from. Just set this on a different one. Just just open the movie up in the corner, because I noticed they did this in, in uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Mm-hmm. They, they had the first location as low in the corner as you could possibly put it, and it honestly made me a little frustrated because there's like rule of lower thirds, yeah. and you're never supposed to put it that low. Uh, but just like do that. In, in the next Batman movie to say World 2, or Earth 2. Earth 2. <laughs> and We're good have, to like, go. Everything else yeah. is the exact same. It's just a different Batman. We'll just run from here, and it'll be great. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. It's such a it's such a CF. Why are there so many goddamn helicopters today? Because Ryan Seacrest just crashed to the Hollywood Hills. We're the first to report this. Oh, my God. Go like We can't have the windows closed. It'll be impossibly hot. But also, stop flying overhead. It's your fault for living so close to Dickles. Hollywood. Normally, they're not this bad. They're usually not. This is like living back by Runyon bad. Mm-hmm. Anywho, um, I don't know. The whole DC universe is a clusterfuck. Maybe Aquaman will be good. What? Who knows? Um, yeah, but sure. I have one other bit of news. Okay. All right. I got a question for you. Do you? Yes. Great. Are I you a fan of Patrick Stewart. Of course. Are Sir you, Patrick Stewart. Are you a fan of Star Trek? I did hear about this. Are you a fan of Patrick Stewart in Star Trek? Yes. In new Star a Trek. new Star Trek. <gasps> We're getting a new Star Trek series, the continued adventures of Captain Jean-Luc Of Jean-Luc Picard. Picard. God damn it. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, CBS. I had CBS All Access. I got <laughs> rid of it because I did not like Discovery. And they knew that. They, they now, knew that that's how the audience felt. Now, give me this bullshit. I'm super excited for it, though. Yeah. I mean, everyone should be. Well, because I've been wanting for a long time to see what happens in the future of Star Trek. Like, there's, we haven't had anything new since, basically, Star Trek Nemesis, the last time we saw Picard as well. Mm-hmm. Like, explore that space some more. So now they're finally doing it. Like, I don't... I like the reboot films for what they are, but 
I don't necessarily want to see, like, that's one of the reasons I didn't like Discovery. I don't want to see a TV show that's shoehorned in between Enterprise and the original series. Well, it's, it's yeah, because the same problem with Star Wars. It's, yeah. oh, we have new ideas. They're between three and four. They're between three and four, which is, like, this great space to explore in. And I think for certain characters, say, Obi-Wan during that right. period, that's great. But otherwise, let's go other time periods, other we places. Have, yeah, I mean, even in the in the games and the books and the comics, they did Knights of the Old Republic. They yeah. have the Old Republic. They have Star Wars before the, the Skywalkers existed. We yeah. have so much time before and after. I know. We really care. I Yeah, I think it'd be cool to explore some time like a time period where like i would love to see the jedi at their full peak mm-hmm. which i guess we kind of got a glimpse of that in episode one but yeah I, w- I love to see them like in the old republic or sometime well even in even in episode one you say their peak but i think it's just i think it's peak of peace but not peak of jedi because you, you see that they yeah. like even someone makes a comment of like the jedi have gotten lazy no oh, that's true and so, I mean, this is a total tangent within a tangent, but I recently started reading the the Thrawn trilogy. Okay. So, Heir to the Empire. So, the the Tron, I, when, I don't, the Tron trilogy. Ah, yes. Uh, no, but <laughs> I know the, it well. <laughs> the Thrawn trilogy. I forget when it was written, but what's interesting is I think this is probably one of the, it's one of the few things that I've read that's set in the Star Wars universe before the tr- prequel trilogy came out. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, there's no mention of the Sith. They're just referred to as dark Jedis. Okay. And then even beyond that, when they make reference to the Clone Wars, you get the sense that there's something else going on. Like in Thrawn, there's a dark Jedi they come across early on who is actually a clone of another Jedi. It's not really a spoiler. It's very early on in the book. <laughs> but you know, that it kind of hints at this idea that during the Clone Wars, they were cloning Jedi, not just having an army of clones. Interesting. Which sounds way more interesting. Yeah, absolutely. God damn it. Go back to Kamino. That's a cool planet. Yeah, not, we could go back to Kamino. Yeah, right. That was, that's the, the sea planet. Got it. Okay, yeah. I said to double check. Is the one you were thinking of? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the one where all the clones are. With the weird, like, spindly. Yeah, I liked those. I liked the design of those. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, this this should be cool. I'm excited about this show. It probably won't come out for like another year or so. And we just have to make sure that Sir Patrick Stewart is still alive by the time. Oh, it comes he'll be out. he'll be good. He'll be alive and kicking. Mm-hmm. The spry young man of eighty. He, no, he's, I don't think he's is he eighty. He's not I think 80. he's eighty. I think he's in his seventies. I don't think he's quite eighty yet. I I think he I think he I looks mean, good if, for his if age. He and is, I think he's like early. If 80s. he is in his eighties, my God, that man is doing quite well for himself. Because he just looks just as spry and charming and debonair as ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but go, other than random bits of Star Trek news, do you have anything else worth talking about? Ten. He's 88. No. Yeah. No. Nine, 1940, right? So, no, he's... 78? Oh, shit, no, you're right. No, he's, yeah, he's 78. Okay. God damn it, Cameron. You had me, you had me scared there for a second. It, uh... Usually they do the math for me on Wikipedia, and they just didn't this well, time. Well, it's got to go to IMDb. They just Even on IMDb, they didn't. It just said year. Oh, God. Well, I can't. Well, then how old is Ian McClellan? Ian McKellen? Ian McClellan. <laughs> My theology teacher was named Miss McClellan in high school. Cool story. <laughs> so good. And she's married to, to Ian McKellen. Oh, so that's, Ian well, McClellan. that's, it's, I didn't realize he still had a beard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, he's he's a year older. 
Okay. Well, they're still around, and I think they're still around to be in. around for a long time. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, or should we jump back into uh, our conversation about Batman? I guess we can jump back into Batman. Okay. What we're here to talk about. Yeah. Um, for once. So. Okay, I was trying to think of like so. I oh, did you catch? It's kind of not really like cameo, but did you catch um, the voice like right from the first scene? The voice of the newscasters. Did you catch who that was? No, I didn't pay attention to all the voice cast this episode. Oh God. Okay, so the actress is uh, what is it? Oh, it's uh, C C H Pounder, who's the voice of Amanda Waller okay. later on. Did you see? You're like, oh, I recognize that voice. Oh, perfect. She's just a newscaster in the background. Real exciting. Um, did you catch the? kind of cameo that is the kidnap victim. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, What's-Her-Face's Veronica Vreeland's daughter. Yes. Which is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what I, what I like about that opening sequence is that it's still very much grounded in the aesthetic of old Gotham. They're clever because they set it like way out in an airfield, so if the rest of the city had been massively redeveloped, you wouldn't necessarily notice at right. that distance. Um, and I like that it shows... Bruce's age in terms of like the temples, him ha- like during the temples, him like having a heart attack. But also you can believe that Bruce would build that suit to try and counteract his own aging. Exactly. Like he would go to any lengths possible pretty much to keep doing what he's doing. And it's only there in that moment of desperation. That he's like, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you can see that that is the lowest you could ever possibly go is to pull a gun on somebody. Yeah. And how, so how old is Bruce in Beyond? So after this 20 years? Um, oh my God, this would be an excellent question for Maddie Washburn. Wouldn't it? I think, I, th- I think he's maybe like 75 or 80. This is pure speculation. Okay, because we know the goon in this, in the, the pre 20 year jump, the goon mentions that he's been watching Batman since he was a kid. So that he, oh, yeah. <clears throat> So in my mind, this is a whole. This is a second generation of of bad guys. Batman yeah. is now fighting. I, I'd say he's probably between seventy and seventy five. So okay. I think I think we can, again. This is all just off the top of my head, just pure pure speculation. I would think that Batman probably started operating around the time he was thirty. Mm-hmm. So I think by the time we see him in the prologue of this, I would peg him somewhere between like seventy or no, excuse me, fifty to. 55. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say 55 was my yeah. guess. And then, yeah, jump forward 20 years. I think I think 75 is a pretty good guess for that. Mm-hmm. And as we've seen with great figures like Patrick Stewart Ian McKellen, you can be in your mid to late 70s and, and, still, look great. and still look great and be spry. Yeah. So, <laughs> I guess the only reason I thought Patrick Stewart was so much older was the last time I saw him was in Logan, where they aged well, they him aged up him even up. more. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they aged up Hugh Jackman, too. Yeah. He's also spry. Yes, but he's also infinitely 23 years old. And God, 28 years it's, it's old. That's absolutely true. Yeah. He's definitely one of those people that just doesn't age. Mm-hmm. Him and Paul Rudd. Yeah. Doesn't age a goddamn day. And uh, I'm not going to bring it up. No, There's a, I will bring it up. The guy who created Smash Bros uh, looks the exact same as he did the day the first Smash Bros came out. Oh, really? Yeah. My God, was it like 20-something years ago, too? Uh, Yeah, the first game came out in 98. Well, there you go. Yeah, so 20 years ago. Wow. And he cool. has not changed a day. If only we could all be so lucky. I know. Um, but no, I, I really like that opening. And it, it's, it's also really sad, especially when he starts that thing down, not because he's giving up, but because at that point, he doesn't have anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Like Alfred's gone. We can assume Alfred's probably Dick, gone. Barbara. Yeah. Like, Tim. We, we, we know more about his past 
in terms of like beyond his past between mm-hmm. New Batman and Beyond later on throughout the course of the series. But just that moment, like he's there by himself. The only thing he had left was his mission. And even that's been taken from him. Right. It's just like, man. And he, his company. The the episode starts off yeah. with them talking about the merger. The attempted buyout. Of yeah. Wayne Powers. Yeah. And so, yeah, can you just imagine how depressing those 20 years must have been for mm-hmm. him? He just had Ace. Yeah. And even then, he would have only had, like, we can assume Ace is probably like. Puppy Ace. Yeah. Oh, I want to see Puppy Ace. Oh, my God. This is so funny. I was actually just listening to uh, an episode of 12 Level Intellects, and they were trying to figure out how old ace was and like he i would i mean he's like he's like full-on dog he's, i would say he's not an old dog yet i'd say he's probably like six seven. Oh, i was gonna say 11 11's old for a dog especially a big dog how i i mean i've only had a little dog i don't know how like how... big dogs the old like the bigger the dog during the the shorter the, the life shorter the yeah. lifespan so wait yeah like you're lucky if a dog his size is living like like, by the time he's 11, he's an old man. Okay. Like, our last dog, Luke, lived to 14, which is pretty old for a golden retriever. Mm-hmm. He's a cranky old bastard right into the land. Okay. I'll, um, I'll, say, I'll say 9 or 10. I think he's younger than that. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 8. Okay. Just pure guess here. Pure guesswork. What's the over-under <laughs> on Ace's age that we cannot ever prove? Yeah. Um, I don't know. If we ever get a chance to ask Bruce Tim, we'll ask him. The one question did I, did we'll I ask him. Did I mention on, the, on my Comic-Con recap that I bumped into him? I don't know if I did. Wait, wait. What do you mean bumped into him? Literally, as I walked into the convention center Thursday morning, I bumped into Bruce Tim. What did he say? Uh, just excuse me. Did you, or he didn't say anything. I you, said excuse me. You didn't talk to him at all? No. I was he, nervous. He's, sometimes he's on the floor. No, he had a booth. Yeah, and he does. He's not chatty. I've tried to go talk to him before. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't want it. My teacher, I might have brought this up before. Uh, my college professor goes to Comic-Con every year. Right. One of my favorite college professors. Sorry, my favorite college professor. Of course. Uh, d- definitive. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Explain why he's famous. Oh, he <laughs> he created... Um, El Diablo. El Diablo, thank you. Yeah. I'm like, so man. he's like the one person that was happy Suicide Squad got made. Yes, yeah. he, he got bank from Suicide Squad. I bet he did. And actually, yeah. to be fair, that character is handled quite well in that movie mm-hmm. compared to everybody else. Yeah, so he created... Uh, he, he was a writer for Marvel. He's still a freelance writer for Marvel. Mm-hmm. Was a writer for DC for a little bit. Uh, teaches, like, super awesome blow-off classes at my college. Mm-hmm. And so I took... Sorry, can you elaborate what a super awesome blow-off class is? Because some people, like myself, might have a certain idea in mind, and I don't think that's what it meant. Uh, so we had... Shut up. No, I just assumed oh, it was okay. learned where you learned how to, like blow off the tops of candles yes yeah uh so we got playing cards and we have to stand it it longer increments the further like the longer the semester went on right and we'd have to throw the playing card to cut just the wick okay landed in the candle you got points deducted it just had to cut the wick okay so how far like what was the longest i got it to 12 feet that's pretty good like but jai jai could make it like 22 feet well jai is just way better at this why why are we talking to him then I don't know. He's also great. He's colorblind. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I, I bring this up because he's like, he, he like fully lives it. And so none of his clothes ever match on purpose. He, okay. does, he doesn't have anything in his closet that matches. Okay. And so he would come in on days with like this orange and white checkered blazer oh and like, like purple striped pants and like golf shoes. And then a, like almost like a pirate puffy shirt. It's fantastic. And I'm like, God damn it, Chai. Does he just dress that way all the time? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's Literally fantastic. All the time. Like, have you seen him at Comic Con dress like that? Uh, usually not as as formal. Okay. Uh, Wait, did you see him this hotter. year Comic Con? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've oh, seen nice. him okay. almost every year since I met him. Oh, that's cool. Um, but 
to oh the blow off class the real blow off class mm-hmm. was um he taught comic books and media oh my god that's super great. awesome <clears throat> yeah just talking about kind of the history of comic books and its its rise since the 40s and 50s mm-hmm. uh and then uh the history of sitcoms okay which is also a great class man if only it was a history of animation class would have been completely in your wheelhouse right right i'm surprised you didn't take one you're an animator oh yeah I, I'll, I'll contact KU about that. Yeah, can you get on that? I like, will. Guys, my education was incomplete. It was. Also, I'll be happy to teach this class for you. Just so you never have to deal with someone like me again. Yeah. <laughs> someone was dealing with such a burden of an incomplete education. education. Uh, while you're on the phone with them, can you pitch them that I teach the history of James Bond? Sure. As a class? Mm-hmm. I already have a textbook ready to go. I didn't write it, well, what, someone what, else did. Uh, it's great. Would it be <clears> under... A, a film credit or would you I because I what I think Ooh. would be cool is if you did a Q class what's a Q class uh, Q was the the tech guy right and James Bond oh I thought that was a okay yeah Q yes yeah Q sorry, sorry if you if you taught the class from Q's perspective and you did it as an engineering credit oh no of like no. secret gadgets you don't want to do that like some most of them are, are physically implausible also I'm a really shitty engineer. That's why I'm not one anymore. <laughs> I would have no like legs to stand on in terms of teaching an engineering class, even if it's James Bond themed. But I could very easily talk for hours, mm-hmm. nay weeks, as necessary for a college class mm-hmm. about James Bond. I would. I would. I don't know if I would take a James Bond class, but I would. If totally, I were teaching it, you fucking should. I would. But if if there was a class that were that was like secret, like the history of of spies. Like spy technology. Ooh, see that would be cool. Yeah, and you can go over like how technology has been influenced by sci-fi mm-hmm. since the beginnings. H- have you gone to the the spy museum in Washington D.C.? I don't think so. Oh, it's so good. It's really really good. I haven't been in many many years, but I remember liking it a lot when I went as a kid. Mm-hmm. They have a DB5 there. Oh, yeah. That's Just... a car, right? It's that car. <laughs> it's that one that's sitting on the table. Oh, it's a giant Lego. Yes, it's just a giant. Oh my god! <laughs> I hope someone makes that. I'm, I'm sure surprised they didn't will. do that for the publicity of this. They do giant full size Lego cars all the time. Why did they make one of these? I'm sure it'll be somewhere oh, Comic Con next know. year. Uh, Emerald City Comic Con. I don't know. It's so pretty. So where, where were we before this? Um, well, we were about ready to get into the, like the now the tangents. now present timeline of Batman Beyond in the okay. future. I think it's supposed to be twenty. 39. Oh, right. We talked about Ace's age and yeah, Batman's Maddie, age. Maddie, correct me if I'm wrong in that. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's 2039. Um, but, what? so, I mean, I like I like the aesthetic of this a lot. Mm-hmm. I think this is where you see a lot of influence from Superman. It's kind of interesting to see how clearly as the world evolved, the old school look of Gotham started to fade. Mm-hmm. And to, be, to be fair, even going from BTOS to New Batman Adventures, a lot of that... Um, what, what, retrofuturistic? No. Retrofuturism um, is, yeah, yeah it was beat like That Art Deco stuff, it kind of dissipated a little bit and became just more like a normal-looking city, and then here it's this, oh. like, fancy future city. I wonder if that's um, called neo-futurism? Maybe. I mean, uh, if not, this, we're now that. in neo-Gotham. Yeah. Um, you know, and you definitely get this feeling like the city paved over the old version of it. What I'll give it credit for is, I think through the detail, a lot of it doesn't seem dated now. Like, there are some things that don't hold up, like the fact that the plot hinges on them all trying to get a hold of a little mini-disc. Like, obviously, that would not be the case in the <laughs> did future. You, did you have mini-discs? I did, actually. Oh, we I, did. Remember, I remember the craze. Yeah, we did have mini-discs. I remember... Uh, did you ever have the oval discs? 
I vaguely there was I had a Pokemon game that was on an oval, oval a, a tiny oval disc. Yeah, I just remember it was a giant Mewtwo on it. That's all I remember about it. Yeah, I kind of remember those a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't hold up. I think the score is a little of its time. Oh, but it's so it's, uh, it's kind of great. Did Rob Zombie do the theme to this? No, I don't think so. Where'd that come from? I feel like. It, it's I don't know. It sounds like Rob Zombie. It kind of does. There's what? a movie that I've brought up before called The Covenant. Oh, I know of that movie. And, and Rob never Zombie seen does it. the song. Isn't that movie like super homoerotic? Does yeah. it doesn't it have a young <laughs> Sebastian Stan in it? It does. I think he's the villain. I think so. Yeah. Because uh, oh, and uh, Tyler Kitsch is in it. Taylor Kitsch. Taylor Kitsch. Yeah. No, Tyler no. Kitsch, the the cousin. Oh, Taylor Kitsch's cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll go watch that actually. It's it's wonderfully horrible. And there's a uh what's the podcast we love? Uh How Did This Get Made? Yes, there's a How Did This Get Made about it, which is okay. even Wait, just is as it, amazing. Mm, depending on how gay it is, maybe we should just do that as an episode of Gay It Forward. I don't think it's that gay. Damn it. Uh but it is like it's so fun, bad. Okay. And the, it, is the the score from that kind of like this? Yeah, it's very it's like because it's not like it's like, like not synthy, but it's not techno, but it's kind of like okay. Do you did you ever see the nineteen ninety eight Lost in Space movie? I've not. Do you know who the band Apollo four forty is? I do not. Okay, so they did like a cover of the theme song, the Lost in Space theme song for that movie. They also did their most famous song was Stop the Rock. That sounds great. Uh, which was featured in one of my favorite films, the remake of Gone in 60 Seconds starring Nicolas Cage. Okay. Um, but it's it's very much like of that era. And that's what the score here sounds like sometimes. I mean, there's sometimes when it gets more like kind of the noir camp a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think for the most part, that world holds up. I think probably because it is an interesting world because you it's you do get the sense that it's far more advanced, but also very dirty and gritty. Um, but then even then, what I've always liked about this world is you get a sense of the class divide in so many things. So like one of the things that I love is that the, the really, the uber wealthy tend to wear kind of very old fashioned looking clothes, mm-hmm. like lots of double breasted suits. And like, I don't know what it's called, but like the two big buttons, like the, the strap in between them, like way up in your chest, like almost like a cape sort of thing going on. Yeah. Um, it almost feels... It's, it's a very um, Kryptonian look. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, there's like Kryptonian in there, and there's just some... I'm not sure what the period would be. Like, not quite Renaissance, but I don't know. Like, it, it has a bit of that sense of like, Louis Fourteenth maybe thrown in there a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, it, it's the it's the more, be- the more is better yeah. look. Yeah, and one of the things that I also thought was interesting is um, there is both hover technology and then normal wheeled stuff too so like nelson for example drives like a normal car with wheels mm-hmm. but bruce's limo which i don't think we see in this but we'll see later on the show is a hover car uh powers limo also hover and also dana's car which i'm assuming is like her parents car hovers as well so you get this sense of like oh depending on where you fall in like the class system it depends on whether like your car has wheels or if it hovers and it just i feel like that those little differences really spread throughout the whole rest of the series but they're set up here in kind of a cool little way mm-hmm yeah, I didn't notice that. Well, maybe you should pay attention. Cameron. Well, maybe if it wasn't a fucking car, I would. <laughs> <laughs> but it's animation. That's your wheelhouse. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, going on the the clothing, uh, I did. I mean, I do love the look of of this world. It's I love it. It's very yeah. influenced by uh, Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Um, but it's. I mean, it's just so nice. It it it's like the quintessential future gang look yeah 
I think it, it helps that it's animation so that we don't have like real world things to go off of. But when you watch it, it doesn't feel like the vision of the future from the past. Right. That we get when you say watch like Back to the Future 2 or something like mm-hmm. that. I think it, it holds up pretty well in that regards. Yeah. Because um, it's because it's, um, Back to the Future 2, I think it's the difference between um, looking at the bright side of the future looking at and then looking at the dark side of the future. Yeah. This def- is more apocalyptic future. Yeah. It definitely helps if you if your future is like grungier because mm-hmm. then it just you're not worried about how advanced the technology is. It works a little bit better. Yeah. Um, what did you think about our intro to Terry on the, the elevator platform there? Um, I liked it. I, I feel like um, he's very Nightwing-esque to me. A little bit, Because yeah. he is kind of like a gymnast, and he's strong, and he can fight. There, yeah. And he, he's kind of this all-around badass. What, what is but there? But he has some anger <laughs> problems, so maybe we should solve that. I was about to say, is there a male version of Mary Sue, but then again, I realized, well, of course there's not because no one questions when a man can do everything. Yeah. So there is a little bit of that where he, yeah, you're right. Cause like he can fight. He's really acrobatic. He like takes that suit and flying around pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. He's smart there. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. I think, I think one of my big problems with this, setup in particular is that a lot of it hinges on coincidence mm-hmm. so it's you know and i think i forget where i first heard this but i've probably mentioned on the podcast before but we're totally fine believing the impossible we have a hard time with the improbable mm-hmm. and i think that's if i have one issue with this episode it's that it's that you know we believe that powers is a crook and would totally use wayne tech to make weapons um, okay, so maybe we'll buy it that it just so happens that Terry's dad stumbles across it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, we believe that he would then in turn get killed. But then the fact that it happens to be Terry who comes across Wayne Manor and discovers Batman, that he happens to find that bat inside the clock. How the hell did that thing get there, by the way? Because it's not a transparent clock. Yeah. Um, the fact that he happens to drop the box containing... Well, also, to be fair, there is no more Alfred. So maybe his bats are just <laughs> maybe his bats are just like slamming into the clock constantly. For the first like five years, Bruce would go and like get the bats out of the clock, but now it's just like oh, that's my only it's company. Whatever. It's the only thing that brings me solace anymore. Um, but yeah, so like the, there's a bat in the clock. He happens to come across the bat cave. He happens to drop the one box that contains the picture frame of him and his dad, and the picture frame breaks, and that's why he looks at the back of it and finds the disc. It's I mean these are all like. I can forgive it because we have to just like be efficient and boom through this real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it does feel a little bit too coincidental. Um, and we'll, we talked about this beforehand, whether we're going to address epilogue or not, we will not go into the canon implications of epilogue. I think until we actually get to the episode, right? Because, because that is technically not part of yeah, Batman. Beyond. It's, I think it's fair to call that a retcon. Yes. Although I think that, I'm also sure we're gonna have a whole episode. We'll just probably on have that a whole episode just debate. on that. Yeah, and then we'll bring in as many people as possible to just just to try and figure out whether it's a good thing or not. But mm-hmm. I think when you factor in the implications of epilogue, which I think it's funny we're talking around this, considering anyone who's listening to this probably knows, but we're yeah. gonna do it anyways. We're gonna stick to it. Okay, um, just for you, mom. Just <laughs> just for you, Cindy. But I think the implications of that make this feel that much more coincidental. Yeah, in hindsight, which I also am not a big fan of. Um, 
I mean, you just gotta gotta go with it. My I only, guess. yeah, I I get the coincidence thing. I'm usually pretty forgiving with all that. My thing was, I wish he. I don't know if this would have made it too cheesy. The more I think about it, the more I think it would have been too cheesy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was upset with how fast he adapted to the suit. Yeah, I think I would have liked it more because he's already physically fit and he can already you know run and jump. Oh, is he? Yeah, oh, he is. Hello. Um, I see you, wrestler. Um, I would have. I think I would have liked it more if, like, he, you would, you like, he tried to fly. Yeah. And he like hit into, like, he hit a wall or something, or he accidentally hit a goon. Because he does that for the first few minutes, and then once he goes to take on the guys, the loading dock, he like spins this beautiful pirouette to avoid getting shot, and then knocks all of the henchmen out in one go. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, and then he like he learns where the the batarangs are pretty yeah. quickly, and then there's something else. Uh, with the, the suit. finger microphones. Yeah. Like, how would you know those were in there? Mm-hmm. Um, which like the rest of the series, or, like the first few episodes, does a cool job of like having him explore the features through Bruce. Bruce like oh try this try that yeah he did he does take to it a little bit fast I mean, these are all shorthands i guess they're kind of necessary yeah and it's also like iconic batman yeah because while he does understand the suit one thing that i really appreciate is he's he, he's not batman he right he's caught three times yeah in 20 minutes yeah that's a good point he, actually he like he has the physical prowess of batman yeah but he has none of the detective skills the the, the skills that take longer to adapt and master in my opinion he he has like some of the the natural prerequisites so like he is fit he is smart he's driven um yeah he can fight he's got some gymnastic abilities Mm -hmm. but he's Um, not a ninja he's not a ninja but you're right like he he does a lot to learn which i think is again one of the cool ideas here Mm -hmm. um because you know even yeah it's weird but we don't really get a lot of Outside of the comics, a lot of Batman teaching a protege. You know, you think about the movies or even, you know, Betos and New Batman Adventures. Robin, Dick Grayson is established by the time you meet him. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of him. He learns, like, lessons of the week, but he doesn't really learn how to be a better crime fighter. Right. There's never a moment where, like, oh, this is how you do a triple backflip yeah. into a into the river. Right. <laughs> Or do a random bonsai tree. Or here's how to say, like, here's here's something. I guess he he is a professional gymnast, so he knows how to fall correctly. Yeah. But, like, teach would. that to Tim. Well, yeah. Like, hey, I'm going to cut your line halfway climbing up a building. How do you fall without getting hurt? Yeah. How do you deal with that? And, yeah, we only get, like, that brief little bit at the end of Sins of the Father of Bruce being like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you to make you a better Robin. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then we don't really see him training. That's one of the fun things about this series is watching Bruce struggle to be a mentor at the point in his life and that's the last thing he wants to do yeah because he just wants to be out there yeah and that's and that's they address that sometimes too of like those times when he feels like he should be the one out there doing it Mm -hmm. and um the guilt he feels for putting someone else out there i think was that an episode of the show or maybe it's some of the the newer comics that have picked up afterwards but i've seen that that address in places of like the guilt he feels for putting yet another person mm-hmm. in this path and putting someone else out there when he can't do it. I do have a quick question. Sure. I don't know if the if Batman Beyond addresses it because I don't remember. Like I said, I don't remember much of the details. Um, how long did Tim stay Robin? Because um, in the case, it's still a kid suit. Yeah, I think. Well, so I think. Or did he just take like the the teenage suit with him? Well, the, I mean, the Watchtower guys they did an episode about how old's tim drake is okay um because you you have seen return of the joker 
Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. again, without going into details, that addresses why... Overhand or underhand? No, 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 that's... Um, I know that that's... That's, that's um, Red Hood. Yeah, but it's similar. It's similar, but yeah, that addresses why... Such a great scene. Tim... Yeah, it's still like yeah. Okay, I forgot. I forgot about that yeah. movie. Which what's interesting is I had never thought about it from that context. But I wonder how much that they had in their mind when they made Batman Beyond, because obviously they just picked the new Batman Adventure suits because that was the last time we saw all of them. But you're absolutely right. Like unless they had an idea of what Tim's story was when they started this, they just picked that design because that's what existed already, mm-hmm. which is also very interesting. There's so many questions we should ask them at some So point. many questions. So many. Hey, Bruce, have $30. Can, yeah, while you're can, drawing me a picture, can, can you, you answer, answer some of these like, really nitpicky questions? Um, <laughs> how old is Ace? How old is Ace? How old is Robin? Uh, but what... What um what I love about that scene, the first time we meet Terry, is that it does establish that he is someone who will intervene. Mm-hmm. That he does get really upset when he sees an injustice and he'll try and do something about it, even if it puts him in over his head. Um, but he's and like he's coming from a place of being angry that it's happening, not just doing it necessarily for the right reasons, which I think also fits his character. Yeah. Because that's a thing they bring up a few times, right? Is his anger problems? Yeah, because I forget when it's established in the show, but he spent some time in juvie. Okay. Like he's got a record. He's got a record. He's, he's got, got a record. He's got a rap he's, sheet. He's a recluse. Mm-hmm. Not that. He's reckless, that one. <laughs> he's a recluse. <laughs> I'm thinking of the other Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, I do love when the Jokers follow him out to Wayne Manor and Bruce is outside and the it's, lead it's joke very karate kid it is very karate kid but i love when it, oh my god you're absolutely right it's so it's karate kid karate it's a total kid. mr miyagi move uh but i do love when the joker's like we're the jokers and bruce's response is just sure, sure you are like this isn't gonna phase him one bit mm-hmm. man can still fight too yeah even at very minimal movement, which is is, is He's awesome very efficient. i love seeing that yeah so do you think how much training do you think he did in those 20 years? Because, like, he gave up on his mission. Do you think he, like, kept himself in shape just in case? I'm sure. I feel like when you're in that routine for so long, it's hard to break it. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, I'm sure he gets up every day and still does his, like, what was it in, was it Batman Begins when he gets out of bed and just immediately falls into push-ups? Yes. Like, I feel like that has begins, not changed. Yeah. I, I was thinking of um, uh, Roger Moore, actually. Because he did a whole bunch of video diaries when he was making Live and Let Die, his first film. And uh, he talks about he would wake up in the morning and do his daily exercises, which are like his knee bends. <laughs> so just like stand next to his bed in Jamaica or whatever in the hotel he was putting in. Like, just do his knee bends. Very different standards for fitness between now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, it is such minimal movement. It is probably all just muscle memory. Yeah, I think it's a bit of that. I do love that they um, even find a way to include his... His signature behind his signature the scene. behind the back move with the cane. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's it's so so good. Um, but yeah, so then he obviously Terry meets Bruce, figures out that he was once Batman. His dad is killed. Really emotional scene, actually. Yeah. Like again, talking about the show going to a dark place really early on. I think this has like the most death. I think of any singular episode. Well, it, yeah, like any of the series in general. Like Betos avoided death entirely. Um, the only characters who died were in Phantasm. We had a bit... I mean, obviously, the entirety of Krypton blows up and everyone dies, yeah. excluding that. Well, I mean, you, you see... I guess you don't see him fall, but you, you see the rope getting cut for the Graysons. 
Oh, that's true. You yeah, see the, the silhouette of the parents. That, that's true. Multiple times. So, so many silhouettes. <laughs> Thomas and Martha. Yeah, and like there's a little bit in New Batman Adventures, but like in this, so yeah, we get um, the. This, I think this is the first non-flashback death. That's true. Yeah, it's happening like live in person because it's Warren. It's his friend. Who's, mm-hmm. It's alluded to, but like we know he's dead. Yeah. Um, Mr. Fix at the end of the episode gets killed. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess is it just those three? I almost feel like there was more in there. Maybe I'm not sure. Um, I'm gonna say that was it. I feel I like think there were some it. goons that fell, but we're yeah. You know, I think those guys all, we'll, all survive. But um, yeah. So now, you know, Terry's pissed off. He discovers the disc. <laughs> So the one thing that I only caught for the first time this time around is when he finds that disc and he runs out, it cuts to a guy in a security office looking at monitors. On the monitors are cameras inside Terry's room and Terry's living room. Mm-hmm. Why are those cameras there? And who the fuck is that guy? Someone that clearly works for Powers. Like, do they... Like, is that just supposed to be a normal security guard for the building who happens to work for powers did, my, they, did they go and like install cameras that's my guess so they is, went ahead and just put a camera in like a 17 year old boy's room yeah yeah yeah, yeah. got it okay. i don't see any problem there what's, what's the problem there? None, none whatsoever are they gonna see him not do his homework yeah also this is another question we're all on the topic of how old are people how old is terry 16 to 18 yeah, I guess that fits. I mean, this I think this falls victim to a lot of the sort of stuff where like he definitely skews older. Like he doesn't seem like he would be in high school. I remember the first time I started watching the show because there's a few episodes where you you just don't see the high school anymore. Oh um, yeah, and I feel like when I first started watching, I saw those episodes first, and then when I went back, and I'm like, he's a high school student. Yeah, he's definitely got some Terry McGuire syndrome going on here. Terry McGuire. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, he is Terry, Terry McGuire. Ma- Sorry, that's the actor that plays Terry McGinnis. <laughs> yes. Terry McGuire. Cousin of real-life person Jerry Maguire. Yes. 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 Damn it. Um, but yeah, that, that threw me off. Uh, I did like that Bruce makes reference to Commissioner Barbara Gordon, because mm-hmm. we know that she's here. She's, yeah, off, she's but, off commissioning. Uh, did you catch the uh, the Warner Brothers reference? When he's uh, at the end of part one. Down Scooby? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot, too. Um, I like that the go-to evil country is Kaznia, because they just they throw them in there whenever we need that to be a thing. Yep. Um, what I also like, too, is... It could be either Russian or or kind of like an Arabic country. Yeah, so it's, like e- somewhere, it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, it fits for every, every situation. Yeah, the Eastern Bloc. Mm-hmm. Um, the Balkans? What is that? Sure. Sure, let's go with it. What I like, too, is Terry, you would believe that he would steal that suit mm-hmm. because he, he does feel like he has to do the right thing. It's and kind he, of an anything for the greater good. Yeah, he'll do it. If no one else will, he'll just do it, and he doesn't really give a shit about the consequences. I like that he does steal it. That, that really does fit very well yeah. with him. Um, and also, I like when Bruce discovers he's taken it and he shuts down the suit and he's just letting Terry get beat up. Yeah. Which is a little bit weird. That feels very un-Batman. It's a little bit too much. He's like listening to this. But at the same time, he did not give... He, I think he knows the suit will survive. That's true. He doesn't really care he about doesn't the really know Terry. side of it. Yeah, and like that suit can absorb some damage, but only so much. Mm-hmm. But I did like that they gave them a little bit of that little moment where Terry explains, like, what would you do if you could get the guy who got your parents? Yeah. It was just enough. It was just enough to, for you to believe that Bruce would um, Well, because I feel like continue. it's so reminiscent of... Like I would have 
I would have loved, it would have been very out of place, but I would have loved they overlaid that on top of when he first meets Dick. Oh. Uh, and, like, Dick is out, you know, in the costume for the first, or not even in the costume, just, like, running rampant in the city. Yeah. And it's the first time he meets Bruce, or first time, he, I guess we already see when he first meets Batman. Yeah. And he's like, but I can, like, I know her, I know how to get him. Yeah. And, like, it's it's so perfectly overlays all the other that. Robins. Yeah, I forgot about how closely this ties in with Robin's Reckoning. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's really, like, it's it's a good story. Yeah. It's really well handled. Um, I mean, the the kind of ending of it all is a little, like, oh, we need to throw in some action here, so they are gonna have, like, the nerve gas get taken out on a shipment. But that's still, like, a pretty good fight down on the, the docks. Um, I love when he throws... I love one when Terry throws the, the Batarang and Powers just shoots it out of the air. Yes. Because, I mean, it shows that Powers is clever. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like Lex Luthor in that sort of sense. He's, where, very, he's very much a Lex Luthor with hair. Yeah. <laughs> the distinguishing quality between the two. That is kind of the only it thing, is the only thing that's different. Except yeah. now he's radioactive. Exactly. Um, well, but even then, didn't at one point Lex get stuck in like kryptonite, kryptonite poisoning? Yeah. yeah, yeah so they're, they're not drastically different. They've got all glowing <laughs> green stuff going on. Um, but it does go to show that he's not just a guy that sits behind a desk. Like he will actually get his hands dirty a little bit. And you can believe that. I would also like to think that like the entire criminal underworld, since Batman has been around for 40 plus years, that they all like practice just shooting things yeah. out of this. Like, <laughs> and they like, they train their kids. Like you never know. And you might have to shoot a battering out of the air. Yeah. You have, you have kids with slingshots. <laughs> it's like little batarangs paper batarangs. Left and right. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. But uh, yeah, I love when Terra throws the canister and uh, Powers gets hit with a gas and all that sets up. Did you, I mean, you weren't paying attention to voice actors, but did you happen, did you happen to gas. recognize the voice of Mr. Fix? No. The legendary George Decay. <gasps> oh, no, I'm so sad that I missed that. No. Like, it, it, you wouldn't believe it at first because he looks so different. Mm-hmm. And I think we're so used to like campy We're so used George to, Decay. oh my. Oh yeah. my. Yeah, it, it's it's weird it's when you because it's it's kind of the first time because I have a lot of friends that that weren't into Batman and I've kind of forced it onto How them. How dare they? And when they first get that realization that like Joker is Mark Hamill, yeah, it's, like, it's that what? same. They're like, no, 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 it can't be, can't be. Yeah, I love that. That's there. Um, I do like how they set up Terry saying, "I am Batman." He, yeah, there's like a weird pause. Yeah, it's like some clown dresses up like Batman. I am Batman. Yeah. It's like he's fully taking it on. That's, that's got to be one of those lines that takes a long time to get right. Mm-hmm. Like I would love to ask Will Friedel how long it took him to like get that right. It's kind of like going and doing your first Bond, James Bond. Like how many yeah. times you practice that in the mirror before you feel like you kind of like got it down. Because mm-hmm. that's like not something you just throw out. Do you think casually? Do you think it's earned in the first episode? I guess technically episode two, but in the first... Uh, first time he dons the suit it's hard it's weird to say that it's earned but again i think it fits the character i think he would so quickly jump to that mental place like you you can definitely see that on the other end of that calm link bruce would be like ain't batman that's what my next question was would it have been out of place if right after he says that you hear bruce on the intercom like shut up kid shut up no you're wrong i but i can it fits terry to say that quite don't over don't get cocky, kid. Well, because he is cocky. He is arrogant. Yeah. Like, he'd be like, oh, I'm wearing the suit. I've been wearing it for like 20 minutes. I am Batman now. I get it. I yeah. do a Batarang. Yeah. I've done this. I can fly. I'm good. Can you I don't fly? know why he sounds like this. Because um, so he's I, angsty. He's so angsty. So I believe all of that. But uh, 
No, it's it's a good like it's a good like action piece to wrap up the whole thing. I, mean, I think actually, even though the action is pretty good, mm-hmm. story's good, action's good, characters good stuff. It's a great start. Like, it is. It's, it's a very promising. I'm so excited to jump back into the series. Yeah, I, I, this has got to be one of the strongest premieres. Mm-hmm. Um, before I don't remember the Static Shock premiere that well. Bang Babies. Bang Babies, yeah. But like, it, wait, I guess the first Static Shock episode is pretty, it's pretty dark. Well, yeah, because I'll get gassed. Well, no, even before that, it's um, Virgil is getting beat up by a gang member, and so a, a rival gang comes in, and they're like, they induct him into their Oh, group, I forgot about they, that. They, yeah. they hand him a gun, and oh, it's fuck, like a gun it. safety episode. Well, because his mom was killed by a gun, right? His mom was shot? No, uh... At that moment, we don't know. We just okay. know that uh, it was during the L.A. riots that she was killed. Oh, like the the Dakota City riots? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The but it's, the sta- yeah. it's the L.A. riots. The riots, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, oh, God, that episode. I'm not I excited know. for that episode. I know. It's going it to be tough. It's going to be a tough watch. Um, yeah, because BTOS kind of had like... I mean, the fir- On of the Wings is a great episode, but it's not... They deliberately kind of started that series in media res. It didn't have like a a, a real intro to it. Mm-hmm. And the opening of Superman's fine. Um, it, so, it does everything you need it to do. Yeah, it's it's fine. But I think this is a really strong episode. I also like uh, the two final scenes there uh, when mm-hmm. Bruce shows up to offer the job. What else I love too? It's the first time we hear Bruce's Bruce voice. Yes, I was gonna bring that up. I really liked that actually. I liked mm. how he was like sweet talking Mary a little bit, like talking Terry up, and just he he's putting on that act. He saved me. He saved me. This and young man saved me. I offered reward, and he refused to take it. It's just so this is the only thing I can do to repay yeah, him. It's such a far departure from who he actually is. It just makes it that much more fun. Like, and you see it in ter- in Terry's face. Yeah, he's like. What what do you want me to say? Right, like <laughs> you get the feeling that those extremes have moved further away yet still. Like mm-hmm. I think New Batman Adventures are the closest to each other. Yeah, like I feel like that's Bruce at his most kind of comfortable with himself, which is sad when you think about where he ends up ultimately. Yeah, but I really liked that moment, and then of course I love the the tease in the end setting up Blight. Mm-hmm. What I forgot wasn't in this though was the like money shot at the end of Terry in the suit. In my mind that existed. I think I must, I'm probably thinking of the end of epilogue actually. Okay. But I, I could also remember that button of him like in the suit now, like up on top of a tower, like flying off. Well, it's the same with, um, with BTOS. Cause we think, or at least in my mind, the first episode is when we hear I am the night. Oh, Batman. right. Yeah. Uh, but that's not till like episode three or four. Yeah. It's a little ways in. And then even, even that, that shot, the Hollywood shot of the, Oh him yeah, standing and then the lightning bolt. Mm-hmm. That Doesn't, wasn't an episode one either. Yeah, no, it's just the fake things we've created in our head. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, man, I'm so happy we're getting into this. I'm really excited. I love love this show. I rewatched all of it a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, but I'm still so happy to go back to it. Now. I haven't done a rewatch. I honestly don't think I ever finished it. Okay, I know there's no finale. Yeah, th- there's. There's kind of a button they end on, mm-hmm. um, and I, I'll have to look and see. We'll have to figure out as we go down the line where we're going to slot in Return of the Joker. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure when it... I feel like it came out after the series wraps. Maybe we'll, we'll treat that as a finale movie, kind of like we did with Mr. the Batwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I am, I am so, so excited for this. And uh, because I was excited for it, I definitely wanted to be able to include our our friends yes in the discussion so I, I put out a call today on 
on Instagram because I'm finally learning how to be a real social media person. Uh, oh, no. Return of the Joker came out in the middle of Batman Beyond. Oh. It came no, out in 2000, in 2000. Oh, so maybe we'll do that between... Maybe we'll do between like seasons, seasons two and three. I'll have to look at it and see like where it falls in naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did put a call out to get some questions. I saw. Um, and we, of course, we're lovely listeners. we got some notes and friends here. Um, so Ashley Clark, a.k.a. Pretty Dang Nerdy, wanted to know, I think this is a very interesting question, um, if we were writing Bruce's future, would you have it end like Batman Beyond, or would you have done something different? Like, oh. where, where, so going from, <clears throat> let's say we're going to go from the end of the new Batman adventures. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's ignore Justice League, since that's later on in production order. Yeah. Where would you have gone with Bruce at the end of New Batman Adventures? Would you have pl- bring, brought him to the same place or not? That's a tough question because I feel like oh, right? most iterations of Batman have him in a pretty similar place. Yeah. And it makes sense. And I'm going to say that I would probably have him in a, in a similar place because we know he, he refuses to uh, have romantic interest. Yeah. Uh, every, every time he tries, it falls apart of his own doing. Yes. So, um, and plus, who would that the, be? Like, you know, he's definitely. There's no way he's gonna get back together with Andrea. Like, that's that in of itself has to always be tragic. Yeah. Um, Catwoman is like fucked off to Paris. Right. Their relationship at that point wasn't really quite what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not gonna get together with Talia. No, not Talia. Veronica. <laughs> that's true. He and Veronica really get married, have a daughter. Yep. Uh, but. Uh, and then the other side of the coin is crime will never stop. stop. Yeah. And so he, it's just going to be, you know, <clears throat> it's never going to be until, you know, he's never going to win. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always going to be, I'm going to do this until I die situation. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know if there's, if there's a happy end. I don't think there is for him. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of the dark Knight rises. I don't have a problem with how that movie ends, actually. I, I like its sort of open-ended closure. Mm-hmm. I think it fits that world that he does kind of get the happy ending, even if he was not Batman near long enough to justify it. But I, I just I don't see in most iterations how he is happy. Like, I think the character we meet in the new Batman Adventures, I think that sort of optimism that he seems to have, the fact that he's always trying to help his villains, that he has his family around him... I don't see that sticking Mm -hmm. like because at the end he just is always coming from a dark place. You get the sense that at a certain point he's going to keep trying to reform these people and they're going to keep letting him down. Right. Like he tries to help Harvey and he just gets worse. Um, Like the only one who I guess got a happy ending was Arnold Wexler Wexler. Um, But like we even made a reference once to like, oh, well, um, Kurt Langstrom gets a happy ending. I guess in the extended comics, he really doesn't like, you get the feeling that every criminal he tries to help will eventually become a criminal again. Here, here's the the most optimistic All right, well, future I can imagine. Yeah, let's, let's try to think of a positive one. Is um, after he after he passes the mantle of Batman on to someone. Okay. Let's... Insert insert Robin here. Um, he focuses full time on Wayne. Okay. And just does his best to keep Wayne clean. Okay. And I think. It would be super beneficial for Wayne to take over Arkham, yeah, and him kind of bounce because his dad was a doctor. His dad was a doctor, yeah. yeah so he, oh, he could take over Arkham and like rename it like the Thomas and Wayne, like Thomas and Martha Wayne, 
mental facility. Yeah. And then Ooh, kind okay. of have a hand. Then he'd be on the other side of it. So then yeah. it wouldn't be him throwing them in jail. He'd be on the much more therapeutic side of like, here's how you can be oh, better. Okay. I like this. Okay. I like this. Mm-hmm. I think he, at a certain point, he, let's assume that Tim continues to be Robin. Mm-hmm. Nightwing and Barbara are still around. That Bruce never dates Barbara. <laughs> So let's. I run, mean, that's the most positive future. Yeah, <laughs> let's run with the assumption that over time, Bruce and Dick are able to work out their differences. That's it's kind of implied that's where they're going at the end of New Batman Adventures. This, yeah, this steers in different directions. So let's assume that they kind of work their shit out. Um, that Dick and Barbara end up getting married. That Tim continues to grow up and be Robin. So I agree with you. I think at a certain point, Batman Bruce realizes he can't continue on the mission the way it is. He can't be behind the shadows, so he yeah. has to be up front. He so finally he, has to be in the light. Yeah, so he hands over the mantle to Dick, who... Oh, does Dick take it or not, though? I feel like someone has to. But does Dick then say no and it passes along to Tim? I could see that. I could see Dick saying no, that he wants to be his own person, and at a certain point, he and Barbara leave crime fighting behind. Mm-hmm. And then, you're right, I think... Bruce opens like the Thomas and Martha Wayne like hospital to try and cure everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim takes on the role of Batman, uh, and I think Bruce ends up meeting and marrying and falling in love with a lovely doctor out at Arkham. Yeah. Not Harley Quinn, like an actual genuine doctor. Yeah, someone who like specializes in sort of behavior, and he's actually able to ultimately like tell her who he is and why he did it, mm-hmm. and she is able to understand where he came from and accept him for who he is. Here's the other big component of this. Mm-hmm. When he finally takes over, I mean, he's already in charge of Wayne Tech, but when he finally like, takes the role of CEO of Wayne Tech, he hires a fucking HR person. <laughs> they, they realize, like, we're firing you. That doesn't give you the right to become a supervillain. Yes. Like, let's, let's, I will help you get another job so you don't have to become a fucking crazy person. Yes. He, he, he stops the villain thing on the early end rather than try and cure it on the late end. Yes. Yeah. I it's, like this. I like, like this happy ending we give him. Mm-hmm. All he right. He just hires an HR person. That's all he That's has all to he do. all he needed to do the entire time. Problem solved. All right. You know what? I'm on board with this. Mm-hmm. I like it. I think that's a, a pretty solid choice. Um, okay. So uh, Paul Hill was saying... It's a, it's a great series. Shame they couldn't continue it. Uh, and he says that his favorite moments when they re, like, revisit villains like Bane, Razagul, Talia, Joker, um, but that like Shriek, Blight, and Spellbinder are still pretty memorable. I'd agree with all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did have a... I did do a little research on this. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it, it is said that the reason this show ended was because they needed to make Justice League. WB came to them and said... Yeah, I've like, heard that too. It, it's the we need we want you on this so it's a or b yeah and i think i think that's fair mm-hmm. i i think between return of the joker and to some extent epilogue you know and even like the the once in future thing as well which are great episodes of justice league yeah jlu um i think we get we got enough touchstones after this to feel like it, it wrapped up well mm-hmm. i think if they had kept going on it we would have seen a little bit of diminishing returns. Okay, that, that was my question. Is Would you have wanted this to go another season? Yeah. And, and I, push Justice League back a year? I don't think this has the same sort of longevity as Batman. Right. If only because what got cool about later BTOS episodes as well as new Batman adventures is these were all established villains, to your point, before the shows ever even started. We already knew them. So we got to spend some time with them, just normal villains, and then we started giving them 
different twists on it. They started teaming up. They started trying to um, get on the right path. They turned around. We got to explore different shades of those characters, and that's what gave that show so much runway. And I think the problem with, say, like Superman was it didn't have the same group of characters to draw from to tell interesting stories with. I think this show has a little bit of that as well. Okay. I think the premise is great. I think Terry's great. I think some of the supporting characters are great, but I think if there is a weakness on this show, ultimately I think it does come down to the villains a little bit. I think they're good, but they're not necessarily super memorable or deep. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it would have had a couple more seasons out of it. Okay. So, I agree with that. Yeah. I think, I think it's good that it basically kind of ended where it did. Um, all right. And then good old Sam Gash wants to know, let's see what, what would be the equivalent of a group of kids forming a this gang modeled after the Joker today? Because that's way messed up. Sorry, way messed up. I mean, um, Nazis, right? Yeah. Uh, are we living this? Are we living this <laughs> are, now? We're kind of close. Are we? Are we living in a world where <clears throat> we've got a whole bunch of like really pissed off people rallying around a cult of personality? There was a, a, a great, on that moment, there was a great Facebook video I saw right before coming over here. Um, oh, no. It was a side, it was, it's terrifying. It was a side-by-side news recording of Fox News interspliced with North Korean news. Oh, I saw, yeah, I saw. And how they use almost the exact same word to talk about Trump yeah. and Kim Jong-un. Oh, man. Like, cool. Yeah, great. We did it, guys. We're there. We, we've said it before that we'll never be able to see in mainstream the President Luther story done because we're living it. Exactly. And it this, version, any... this version is more absurd than the one from the comics. Well, I think The Onion made a, a joke, because obviously it's The Onion, but they made a post about them uh, shutting down because their stories, they can't oh, keep up with that. the craziest yeah, real they, world they, stories. The real world's too crazy. The Onion, yeah, shuts down. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. But hey, you know what? At least we have this 20-year-old cartoon. Thank God. To, uh, to keep us entertained to, and, to, to, and to bring us joy. To block out all the, all the shit that's happening. Yeah. So, But uh, yeah, I'm going to try and make sure I'm actually like posting ahead of time before the episode so people can write in and mm-hmm. uh, share their thoughts because I'm really excited about this to be doing this show. Yeah, me too. So, um, But shall we do some bat plugs? Um, I know it's been like a month since we've done one of these. I think you and I both have a lot. I've tried to narrow mine down I, I to just like have, the, bare, just the have bare essentials. One. Wow. I've, I've cut out. I mean, like, I can talk about the movies, but I've seen every movie. I don't really need to talk about them. Yeah. Maybe we talked a lot this episode. I do want to talk a little bit, a bit about um, Mission Impossible. Uh, what's the new one called? Fallout. Fallout. We'll do that next week, maybe. Okay. I'll talk a bit about that. Mm-hmm. It's good. Everyone should go see it. It's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. go see it. It's a little long, but still good. It is a little long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, then what's your one plug? Uh, I just learned about this yesterday, and I'm super excited to jump into it. Uh, Jeff Johns created a new Lantern Corps in the oh, comics. okay. The what's... Ultraviolet Lanterns. I, okay, weirdly enough, I was listening to an episode of 12 Level Intellects, Intellects today, and it was about fan theories, at least some Batman Beyond fan theories. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're mostly centered around epilogues. We're not really talking about them here. But they were talking about the ultraviolet spectrum thing on there. Yes. Uh, they also commented about us in the end because they had just listened to our episode on Legacy. And they were basically just like, yeah, the Tim Todd guys didn't really like Legacy. That's their opinion. <laughs> it's fine. They're damn right it's our it's opinion. Fine. <laughs> but anywho, uh, the ultraviolet. Yeah, so they, uh, I think it's in Justice League. Issue two that just came out, um, John Stewart and Sinestro 
are now members of the Ultraviolet Lanterns, which they have said are the strongest Lantern Corps. Wait which... a minute. Are you plugging a comic book? Yeah. Did I, you... haven't, I haven't read it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, what? Are you, are you plugging a video where you learned about this? <laughs> no, no, no. I want to actually read, these, read this story because I'm such a sucker for all the, the Lantern Corps stuff. Like... Okay. Justice League number two. Mm-hmm. By um, Jeff Johns. Because that's, I mean, that's where I got, first got into, like, actually reading comics was The Blackest Night. Right. Where they kind of introduce all the other, the rest of the colored spectrum. Yeah. Um, but if that, if, you know, if what Jon Stewart says is true and the ultraviolet is stronger than the White Lanterns, which is the culmination of all of them together. Right. It's going to well, be. Well, because uh, white is all light. Yes. All thank colors you. together. And black is the absence of color. Thank you, Chris, for that. Uh, matter <laughs> school bus level. The more you know. The more you know. Um, yeah, so I'm super excited. We don't know much about it yet because the issue just came out in July. Okay. Uh, so I'm like, I'm like actually wow. excited to jump Exciting. back into this. I, this yeah. was totally unexpected. I was kind of waiting for your one plug to just be My Hero Academia. And then you should watch My Hero Academia because they just started the next arc. And it's so good. Because they introduced all the other schools now. Why? Why did I say anything? We so were almost done. Good. Guys, if you haven't started watching My Hero Shit. Academia yet, it's un... Like, if you like no, these stop. stories, <laughs> then you're gonna fucking love this show. I can't plug it enough. What do you have to plug? I was gonna say, I control the edit. You do. <laughs> but the power of Hero Aka will will stand. Will stand. Um, so I have I have... Three. Okay. I, I tried to narrow it down to three because I, I finally I went on vacation. You did. I, so I actually had time to read. I had time to watch some movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to focus on three that I really think are worth mentioning. One is, uh, you may have plugged this before. I don't remember. But Hannah Gatsby's Nanette stand-up special? Nope. Didn't plug it. You didn't plug it? Have you heard about it, though? I so think she's so. the Australian comic. Okay. Who basically like deconstructs comedy and stand-up over the course of a stand-up. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's her... It's a weird thing to say that a, a stand-up special has spoilers, but I think it's okay to say that it takes a turn, and she she talks about basically just being a woman and being queer in society, and it's incredibly powerful. I, I watch it on the flight to Hawaii, and I'm just, like, sitting in my seat by myself crying. <laughs> Um, which I seem to do a lot these days. I feel like it's so much easier to cry on airplanes. It is. I think it's the extra oxygen. Yeah, we'll go with that. It's like the oxygen and like the isolation. It's mm-hmm. like you're by yourself, you're surrounded by people. It's this weird. Yeah, I was gonna go with it. Yeah, but it's it's legitimately incredible. Um, it's like I think it's one of those things that like everyone should watch it just to gain some perspective. Mm-hmm. Plus, she's hilarious. She's Australian. She's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so there's that, and then two books because I've been reading like crazy recently. Uh, so one is called Not Your Sidekick by C.B. Lee. Okay. Um, which is, I think, it's the first in a trilogy. She's a local author. I came across her at the Grove Barnes & Nobles. I just saw this oh, book. Oh, awesome. And, like, local author. It was signed. I'm like, this looks interesting. So the the idea is that it's um, uh, it's set in the future where, a future where superheroes exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, the main character is a bisexual Asian American and her parents are both like C level superheroes, but her older sister is like an A level superhero. And she doesn't have any superpower. She never inherited any. So she ends up taking an internship at the company run by her parents' uh, arch nemesis. Okay. And it's just, it's a cool, it's a cool concept. It's a very cool world. 
Um, it, I mean, it's not like super highbrow necessarily, but it's it's coming from a, a very distinct character perspective, which I really liked. And it's mm-hmm. just it's a cool, interesting world. It it felt in a similar vein to um, uh, Dreadnought, which okay. was the uh, the trans superhero mm-hmm. book that I read recently too. It's the same sort of thing, it's a similar sort of thing, similar kind of cool, different world, good setup, good characters. That one's well worth a read. Uh, and the other one is this book called Less by Andrew Sean Green, or Greer, excuse me. And he actually won the Pulitzer for it. And it's about a, like, gay writer who's about to turn 50 who, rather than going to his ex-boyfriend's wedding, decides he's going to accept a whole bunch of invitations to take him around the world. So it's like going to a conference, going to do a teaching assignment in Berlin, um, going to, like, be a food critic in Japan, going to, like, Morocco, and it takes him all these different places. Um, And it's just, it's really well-written. And I don't know, it's just a, it's an interesting story. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it. When I read it, I was in Hawaii and like there with my family. And there's not a lot of people my age where we were staying. It's like couples or families with like younger kids. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of like nearly thirty year old men hanging out there. And so there's still a lot of stories about like what happens when you like you're gay and you get old. And I'm reading this at a time where I like felt kind of old and out of place. I'm like, this is slightly depressing, but it's also really good. I'm just going to keep reading it. Also, I want to finish it so I can start reading my Star Wars novel. There you go. <laughs> so, which I've been reading, and I'll plug that next time. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, those are uh, both really good books. No, they sound really interesting. I would recommend them mm-hmm. both. I'll, I guess I'll read that superhero book whenever you fucking start watching My Hero Academia. Touche. Yeah. Touche. Wait, no, I should build up a list of things that you're going to start reading and doing as soon as I watch My Heart Academia. I will honestly, like, Before physically I buy books when you start watching that show. You should be buying books anyway. Because you will, like, it's so frustrating because I know how much you're going to love the show. I was going to say, you've already, you, you read um, New Frontiers, so I can't use that one against yeah. you. Have you read Hush yet? Uh, I've read Hush Returns. I have not read the original Hush. Have you read The Long Halloween? I own it. <laughs> have you read Year One? Yes. Okay. You have to read The Long Halloween as commitment to reading more good Batman comics, and then I'll start watching Hero. No, 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 no. This is not the deal. Yeah. No, because, like, you need to read Long Halloween, Dark Victory, and Hush. I just need to start watching My Hero Academia. And there's three seasons. So, like, what? It's going to be a one-for-one thing? Yes. So, hmm. Who's going to cave first? Never. Never. (laughs) Uh, an unstoppable force meeting an immovable object. Yeah. Uh, but at this point, I think it's probably time for us to wrap. We've been I think so. We've been chatting talking for forever. a while. It's um, very hot in here. It is very hot in here. My God, I've just, I'm pure sweat at this point. Uh, but if you do want to check out our social media and write to us with your thoughts about Batman Beyond or any number of things or suggestions for bat plugs, uh, you can find us at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, I would say it's confidently that Instagram is the best place to reach us because that's the one I actually check the most. Same. Um, if you want to find me, I am at Lordifer on those uh, same things. Go check out my Instagram to see the beautiful social media work I've been doing in regards to this lovely Lego Aston Martin DB5. Have, have, you, have you made a, uh, a not a spot, a highlight? Uh, I should. I'll have to pick one. I'll pick one of them be a highlight. Well, you can make all of them a highlight. Oh, I can make you the can whole. Make a, you can <gasps> make a folder. I can make the whole arc. Yes. The, oh my god! All right, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. I'm gonna do it. Um, yeah. So go check that out, and then also go check out my 
other podcast, Gay It Forward, with uh, our friend Jonathan, who's been on a few times and who also yes. loves Batman Beyond and will be on again soon, um, where he tries to teach me how to be a better gay one piece of pop culture at a time. Yeah. And so we've done Death Becomes Her, and then our second episode just aired, aired, dropped, whatever you want to call it, airdropped. Mm-hmm. And it was on Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, and The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, both great movies. Uh, I think our next episode's going to be on gay slang. I think Jonathan's Ooh, making flash for that making one. flashcards for me because I don't know shit. Uh, but yeah, that's um, yeah, Gay Forward. It's on iTunes and it's uh, at Gay Forward on Instagram. Nice. Yeah, uh, you can find me if you want to see my art. It's at Cameron.Dexter. Uh, I have some interesting things coming out soon. Ooh. Uh, and then if you want to see my face, you can find it at Cam Dexter underscore Adventures. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. All right. We did it. That's it. Batman Beyond. Yay. Get off our backs. It's Be shway. See you guys later. Bye.